Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll, and we are the editors at ReviewingBrew.com. Be sure to go to ReviewingBrew.com for all your latest brewers' news, opinion, and analysis. And opening day has finally arrived. It has come, and it was mildly disappointing uh, because of the brewers' loss. Season's over. What? Season's over. Yep, season's over. Cancel it. It's done. Move on to the offseason. Trade Corbin Burns. Trade Willie Adamas. Trade everybody. It's over. And, yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's that's somewhat the state of Brewers Twitter, sort of. Not yes. really. Uh, there are some people calling, okay, you know, this team's not going to win anything. 65 games, 70 games at most, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> it's one game. Is it disappointing? Yes. Is it frustrating? Yes. But we've been through this before. There are 162 of these. There's going to be some losses. There's going to be some bad ones. There's going to be some wins. It's all going to be fine. Right, Matt? It is. Um, And we could tell the Cardinals that, too, because they gave up 10 runs to the Blue Jays. Um, They scored nine, which is not enough. But uh, we're both 0-1, so it happens. People lose. It's all right. Yep, yep. So it just sucks because it's the Cubs. Yeah, you know that that's what makes everything worse. And like three times in the last four years, we started against the Cubs at Wrigley, which is such so BS. Dumb. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous how they keep on doing this. It's freaking March, and we're playing in the open air of freaking Wrigley. Are you kidding me? Why don't we put these games? I don't know. Maybe in the warm dome. Of Miller Park slash American Family Field, depending on <laughs> where you stand on that. But have it warm in there. It'll be nice and 70 degrees inside. It, it'll be nice and cozy. And no one's bundled up with jackets. It'll be fun. But no, let's put it in the cold, windy air of Chicago. Crazy, too, because like with the new balanced schedule, we play fewer games against the divisional opponents and we still ended up playing on the road at Wrigley to start the season. It's it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous how Major League Baseball keeps on doing this. And the Cubs have won the opener past couple of years and it's just uh it's worse. Anyways, yeah. Um so yeah, opening day is here. I am wearing my opening day should be a national holiday oh, shirt. Um it was not so I had to go to work today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, and I had to watch the game and live tweet the game at work. So multitasking, but I do it for you. Well okay. Done. I do it for all of us there on Twitter and Matt, it was, it was getting really frustrating <laughs> a little between it's like, like first, first two innings. Oh, great. This is, this is glorious. This is, this is going well. And then the third inning, uh, kind of derailed on on Corbin Burns, and that was it. That was all yeah. the scoring in the entire game. Yeah, uh, part, you know, I, I think even without the errors or miscues or however you kind of want to put what happened there, um, Burns probably gives up one or two regardless because um, the, the Cubs were starting to go opposite field on him. Um, they were starting to act finally – you know, string some hits together. The Brewers just obviously 
compounded the issue with, well, Willie Adamas really kind of, you know, he had a couple, he had a bad throw and a brain fart later. And um, you wondered if Telez could have thrown out that guy at home um, watching it from my couch, which, you know, I guess if I would have thought of it, I could have been the one doing the live tweeting instead of you having to do it at work. But that's besides the point. Um, it seemed like Telez probably could have gotten the guy, but I mean, either way, the Cubs were scoring that inning and it didn't end up mattering how much they scored because the Brewers didn't score any runs in any. Not a damn run. Nope. Not one. That's that's the frustrating part too, because all the shutouts last year and, you know, all the, the things with this offense being like, oh, this offense was bad and, you know, did it improve enough and, Mm -hmm. You know, then Luke Voigt the other day says, oh, we're going to rake. You know, like we got some really good dudes. Like it's it's going to be great. And we got, you know, Jesse Winker and William Contreras. Uh, William Contreras narrowly avoided a golden sombrero. Uh, Jesse Winker also struck out a couple of times. So, you know, not not great uh, offensively. It's, it's not a solid start there. Uh, just four total singles on the day. But including one from Bryce Terang gets his yeah. first career big league hit. Congratulations to mm-hmm. Bryce. Yes. Chopper uh, to the second baseman. He, I, I thought that was an error at first. I was like, well, he gets on base in his first appearance. We'll take that. And they end up ruling it a single. It would have been a single. He would have beaten that throw out. Oh, yeah. Um, but th- this his speed, and I actually... Uh, was watching because I had to try and find a stream online. I was unfortunately watching the Cubs broadcast. Um, they were praising his speed. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Back, back up. Yeah. No, I'm not happy about it either. It was what? unfortunate. Well, what is up with that? Why were you watching the Cubs broadcast? Uh, because I have to acquire my viewing of the Brewers through streams that are legal. We'll just say. Um, yeah, because I don't have, because I don't pay for Bailey Sports Wisconsin and hold on, time out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the day off of work, right? I did. Why didn't you just go to a bar? Ah, because there was a giant six foot hole in my front yard that plumbers were still trying to work on today, so I had to be Uh, and in our basement, so I kind of had to be at the house. Gotcha. So that makes sense because that was in fact my plan, and that is hopefully still my plan for Monday. Um. But yeah, had to watch from home, had to find a stream because I'm not ponying up for cable and I'm not uh, buying Valley Sports only to have them go stop showing games in a few weeks, depending mm-hmm. on what happens with that. Oh, and yeah. of course, we know what blackouts are. So yes, I was unfortunately watching the Cubs broadcast. So speaking speaking of Valley Sports, I, I got to mention this. So apparently with Valley Sports filing... Oh. <laughs> Yep. They had to fire their spell checker. Yeah. Because they tweeted out this graphic for opening day. It's like, oh, I hope everyone's ready for opening day with the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> they forgot the U in Milwaukee. And they left it. It might still be up, to be honest. Let, let, let me double check. I'm not sure if they've taken it down since. I mean, it uh, but it was up for, for at least five hours yeah. uh, when I tweeted it uh, or when I retweeted it and be like, Guys, come on! This is this is embarrassing. Like, like it's if it happens once, like okay, whatever. But okay, they did finally yeah, delete. It. Looks like it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Seriously, 
You can't spell Milwaukee correctly. Yeah, pretty rough. They had something else that they goofed on later in the day. I, feel I like remember they that a lot. Things. Yeah, it's <laughs> who 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 actually works there. I mean, I'm sure they're laying people off to, you know, keep uh, what little money they have left. I yeah. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for um, is that MLB does end up taking over. Uh, that because there's there's the talk that they might get rid of the blackouts if it happens. I don't know, it's wishful thinking, but yeah, whatever. Well, there are so many layers to that with with the oh, collapse yeah. of the regional sports network, the RSN model. Yeah, I mean because if if MLB takes it over and they kind of do like a, a nationalized you know national takeover of TV rights which is similar to what you have in NFL and the NBA and the NHL, then that completely changes the financial structure of baseball. Oh, yeah. And that is going to lead to at least the league wanting to institute a salary cap. Because, I mean, the big difference now is, like, all across the league, teams are getting varying amounts of money from their regional sports networks. The Dodgers are getting $200 million per year. The Brewers are getting 33 from theirs. Yeah. Like, which is another reason why the Brewers, no matter what, cannot compete with the Dodgers financially. They just won't right. be able to because you can't make up $170 million in ticket sales and jersey sales and beverage sales and everything else. You just can't. Especially now with the Dodgers selling out practically all their home games and being as popular as they are. Mm-hmm. You can't make up that money. So the only way to truly balance it out, which is a problem in baseball, is to have a salary cap. And the only way that you could have a salary cap is to have the TV money spread out, like yeah, revenue shared across the board, which would involve MLB essentially nationalizing a takeover of streaming of all games of of TV of all games. So you could have that, but then there's also the players union. That's going to be like, no, we don't want a salary cap because the players union is going to fight that to the death. Oh, absolutely. So we are going to be coming at a crossroads and my guess is another lockout in the, in the next CBA in 2026. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Cause you you know, Bally and the, those sports networks, they're not last until 2026. So yeah, that makes it even trickier. Like, I don't know. No, it's long, long way of saying that I was watching the Cubs broadcast. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I went off on a whole other tangent we weren't even planning on. They, uh, they were praising Bryce Trang and his speed. They were actually praising the Milwaukee Brewers and their speed and pointing out, you know, guys like Terang, like Mitchell, like Yelich, um, and saying that, there's no reason why the Brewers shouldn't be, you know, one of the league leaders in stolen bases, essentially, with so much yeah. speed on that team. Yeah, the fact that they don't get anyone on base to begin with, but I'm, well, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you saw it right away with Terang, and that's one of the reasons, you know, one of the many reasons why he ended up getting that opening day roster spot is, you know, he's got, I, I feel like it's something that, we forget about a little bit because yeah. some of the like younger guys come up like Mitchell and Weimer and Freelick and stuff like that. And like all these guys have the speed too. And we started focusing on them. We've had Terang here 
this whole time, and he's been a burner. Like, yeah. not he just stole 30, 34 bases last year. Yeah. Um. So he's he's a speedy dude. Um. And he showed yeah. it on that one. He was in. Uh, I think he reached third base twice today, um, but was not able to be pushed across. Of course. Yeah. Just like everyone else on the team. Uh, they had a couple of shit. This is such a broken record of last year. They had a couple of chances. They had a couple of threats. Bases yeah. loaded, one out. Rowdy Telez ends up guarding into a double play. He pulled it, and it was they, they had a bit of a shift on. Like, like, mm-hmm. like they shifted the second baseman over just enough. He wasn't in the grass, but he was still on the dirt, still able to get to the ball and turn the double play, and that was a killer. And then the next half inning, the Cubs score four runs, and then it's like, oh, well, here we go again. So that was incredibly frustrating, frustrating, but yeah, it's, it's, it it was the same as we saw last year for the most part, but again, this is game one. Uh, We're not going to draw any conclusions about this year's team from game one. So that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing here. No, but does that help either that uh, Marcus Stroman was the guy on the mound. The Brewers have just had a hell of a time with him recently Brewers versus Cubs number one starters and Brewers versus Marcus Stroman have not gone well recently. So put those two things together and it ends up being a pretty bad time. Uh, He's got a 236. He had a 236 career ERA going into today against the Mm -hmm. Brewers in five starts. So obviously that will be going down. Um, he, He has good time. Against the Brewers, three and one now for his career in those six. Like their their new version of of Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana, Kendricks, uh, Hendricks gave us uh, trouble for a while before they finally started to salt him towards the end. Um, yeah. yeah, there's been a few Brewers killers on that team in recent years. Yep, and you play him so often, and you play him on opening day, and it just makes things uh, so much worse. Yeah. Um, okay, so on a happier note. Roster drama. So yeah. <laughs> coming into opening day, there was a little bit of roster drama uh, when it came down to the final position spot. So Luke Voigt made the team. He signed back on a major league deal. Great news. Mm-hmm. Keston Hira designated for assignment, as yeah. we've been talking about plenty of times on this podcast. That was due to be happening. You know, as as we left on last week's podcast, we didn't know. We we were going into decision day on Voita on his opt-out, and they had both in the lineup. They had a split squad. Luke Voigt was in the lineup. Keston here was in the lineup. Shortly before the games, they scratched both, and everyone's like, oh, no, here we go. What's the decision? What's happening? Keston here designated, or he gets informed he's not making the team, mm-hmm. uh, eventually gets designated for assignment. Luke Voigt procedurally opts out. Uh, he decides to go over his options. A couple days later, comes back, ends up signing a big league deal with the Brewers. Fantastic news. He makes the team. And then you've got the final spots. But we get let's dissect the Voigt-Hura uh, news first. Mm-hmm. It, it just seemed inevitable, really, yeah. Matt. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks. Hura, it, it seemed like he was as good as gone. There, there was just no way... Both those two could coexist on the same roster. And Hira just, he didn't prove he was worthy of a spot. And he needed a change of scenery, but he didn't even get one. 
Nope. Nope. He stays with the organization outrighted to Nashville, um, which he does not get to reject. So he is a triple A member of the Brewers. He is a Brewers minor leaguer officially now. And yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for, you know, the better part of a year, um, probably longer than that, honestly, at this point about how it just felt like his days were numbered, even when he would kind of, you know, have his ups here and there and, you know, look a little bit better. It just never, like last year just never felt, it, it never felt like he was over the hump anywhere close to it. So like even mm-hmm. when he had his good games, it was still, well, you know, he hit a home run, but had three strikeouts or, you know, something like that. Like it was just, he never looked himself. And once you get into these roster battles and you have guys, the Brewers are bringing guys in to compete for the only spots that Keston Hira is able to play. Like clearly they're trying to create competition, maybe to stimulate him a little bit, but also to have a plan if, you know, it ends up leading to where everyone feels like it's leading. And then that is 100% what happens. Um, I'm glad he's sticking around. Like I'd, I'd rather, you know, just personally, I want to see him do well. So I, I hope he mashes it. And then, you know, if a opening does end up happening that the Brewers give him another shot, um, I don't know if it'll go that way. Maybe, you know, he ends up continuing to be blocked and becomes a free agent. I don't know. But it was, yeah, it was the inevitable. Um, and with Luke Voigt, it felt that way too this spring. We just, it was it was weird because this whole opt-out and then an opt-out being pushed and then being exercised, but him not technically going anywhere right away. Like, that's not something we've seen in the spring as fans. So it's, it's it was a little bit abnormal. And I, I feel like a lot of us kind of didn't quite know how to react. It sure still felt like, Voight was destined to be a brewer, but yeah, all that procedural stuff just kind of, just kind of made it, it, it left that little bit of doubt in the back of your mind, especially yeah. with the fact that the Phillies situation ended up happening with Hoskins, and it's like, yeah. well, is he going to go there? Is he testing the waters? I'd like to know if he did before ultimately deciding with the brewers. Yeah, that that's the that's the thing that I was, I was going to bring up there too. I mean, it, it it all seemed like it was just going to be an inevitable thing that that he would go with the Brewers, but then when that opening popped up in Philly with with Hoskins going down, then it's like, oh, there's another place he could go, um, and that's why there was a whole lot of uneasiness when when he opted out and Adam McKelvey and Kurt Hogg were trying to calm everyone down. It's like, look, this is just. <laughs> This is just procedure, everyone. This is just a procedure. And, you know, don't lose your heads. Don't overreact, which isn't the Brewers Twitter's strong suit. Just see where it goes. And sure enough, Voight ends up coming back. And, yeah, it's, you know, he, he said he did test the waters and kind of look out there. But, you know, just, but he really likes to fit in Milwaukee. Uh, really likes it's a hitter friendly division. So uh, we should be seeing him soon enough. He was not in the starting lineup uh, on opening day, but uh, we're probably going to be seeing him fairly soon. Uh, and who knows? He could be earning a, a whole lot more at bats pretty quickly. So uh, the Voight drama was, it was there uh, this past weekend, but he ends up coming back. And then there's the rest of the group. I mean, you get Bryce Terang. He gets told that he's making the team. Gus Varland, he gets told he's making the team. The Brewers put out these awesome videos yeah. of when Craig Council told those guys. And 
I was I was in the gym uh, when they tweeted these out and like you know the the news was informed and I'm sitting there standing in the gym watching these videos on my phone smiling like the biggest freaking <laughs> goofus in the world just watching Council tell Gus Varland that he's made the team and I'm just like what the hell what <laughs> everyone's probably like what the hell is he doing yeah. <laughs> uh- I, those those are fantastic. I do feel as though Council needs to work on his gotcha, you know, uh, script a little bit because yeah, yeah. we're going <laughs> to option you to Chicago. Yeah. Wait, what? It 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 was like oh, okay, yep, I get it, but the yeah the whole yeah no we uh. When we've got bad news, we just want to come out and say it. So you're being it was so like that the option the monotone and to like, Chicago. Yeah, like okay. I mean, it was good, but like, like I, I, he needs to work on the theatrical delivery. Yeah, exactly. Yes, the delivery. The, the delivery could have been better. Yeah, he'll work on it for next time. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm sure he. I'm sure Craig Council listens to this podcast and he will <laughs> accept the the critique. Uh, (laughs) of his performance Um, yeah man and and like Gus Varland he just kind of you know came out and says like hey man you had a great spring and uh, you made the team Mm -hmm. boom there it is and I mean Varland's reaction I think was definitely a lot more just kind of pure and emotional I mean Terang you know I love Terang and this is nothing against him but he was also a first round pick and this is this was slightly more expected for him to make his big league debut eventually. Uh, Gus Varland, that was never a guarantee that he would ever make the no. big leagues. Never. Um, you know, he was really toiling there for a couple of years in the Dodgers system. And, you know, he even talked about it, you know, in, in the video there. And he's talked about it since about, you know, the the sleepless nights after every rough outing calling his parents, you know, and, and trying to trying to figure things out and, and trying to get his career back on track after all these rough outings and for it to culminate, you know, just a couple years later and making the big leagues and having a scoreless inning in his debut, had a little bit of traffic on the bases, but Hey, no runs scored. So we'll take that as a win. Um, first career strikeouts, you know, it, it's just, it, it's so great to see. And to quote from Moneyball, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. And yeah, let's give just the guy some props for today. He, you know, young guy ends up being on the roster. He needs to, you know, there's that pressure to perform well all year to make sure he stays on the roster. You know, if the Brewers are a team he wants to stick with, he needs to do his part so that he doesn't end up giving, being given back to the Dodgers. And so, you know, he's a Midwest kid. He's here with the Brewers. He's back in the Midwest. He Minnesota. gets his debut in the freaking friendly confines of Wrigley Field uh, on the road ends up yeah bases loaded two outs like it, it's he had some he had, was in a heck of a spot today and he ends up getting out of it like hell of props to that guy for today like that was that was impressive so 
you get that one now under your belt. You've gotten your start out. Like, I'm excited to see what he keeps doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was great for Craig Council to get him out there on opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I saw I saw Barlow talk about a post game. It's like, you know, if, if you're sitting there for a couple of games, maybe it gets a bit more antsy. Um, so just kind of get him out there, get get his feet wet, get it out of the way. Um, and then he can just, you know, focus on just whatever his next outing is going forward. So, yeah, excited for that. Um, really excited to see what Varlin can do. Showed some some really bright spots there. Uh, excited for Terang. Uh, both those guys making their debuts. Terang getting a start at second base, which mm-hmm. may have surprised some people. But uh, I was certainly glad to see it. Uh, and then you've got the rest of the roster decisions. Uh, let's start with the bullpen. The bullpen, they didn't have to make too much for tough uh, roster decisions because Adrian Hauser in his final spring outing got groin tightness yeah. and has to go on the injured list. Yeah, I know. It's the worst. Yeah. Happens to the best of us. It does. It does. <laughs> so he's on the IL. He's out for a couple of weeks. And so the tough decision between the out-of-option guys Yoel Piamps, Javi Guerra, um, Bryce Wilson didn't matter because they all made the team because Hauser had to go on the IL. So they'll focus on that decision later, um, and they'll get at least you know a couple weeks of run to see which reliever is or is not performing well, and then they can uh, adjust accordingly. But uh, So we'll see all those guys out there in the bullpen and all the middle relievers out of options. Very interesting situation and one that probably isn't going to last very long. No, because once uh, Hauser comes back, you know, uh, some movement ends up having to be made. And, yeah, they don't really have the luxury of those easy guys to option uh, out of the bullpen right now. So what this does more than anything, I think, is just gives the Brewers an extended look at that, you know, that trio um, to kind of, let them settle into who are going to be the, the ones who end up getting carried, you know, once Hauser gets back. Um, it, and, and that's nice, especially for someone like what was we were talking about last week, Piomps, who had the worst spring of all of them, um, but has the best track record as a reliever. He gets to mm-hmm. now kind of get that chance to prove like, hey, that was just the spring. We're all shaking rust off. Like, I'll be good, you guys. Like, now he's got to actually go out and do it. Um, but... He's he's all of a sudden just as much, you know, uh, back in the equation as a Guerra or a Bryce Wilson or any of those guys. Um, and Guerra did come out today through a really clean inning, um, uh, did well. So um, his, you know, first regular season audition as a Brewer reliever with no options went well. Um, we'll see if that ends up happening with the other ones. But, yeah, it's kind of it's just a. Uh, one more chance for those guys, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, then you can look at it and be like, okay, we've got the regular season run. You're performing well. You aren't. We got to give you the boot. Things count now. So we've seen enough. Can move on. Um, and then you've got, I mean, once once you kind of clear those guys, and if any and if any of them start to underperform, you know, even after Hauser comes back, say Hauser comes back, Piomps was underperforming. So... He gets the boot first. And then next thing you know, Bryce Wilson underperforming. You know, then they could boot him, call up someone like Tyson Miller who has options, and they they could start rotating through 
they're they're guys with options. You got Miller, you got Jake Cousins, you got Elvis Peguero, you got all those guys down in AAA yeah. who have options who will be part of that rotating group. They're going to be there in this bullpen quite a bit this season, but they got to give the out of option guys the chance first, and that's what we have in our opening day bullpen. Now to the position players. Mm-hmm. Coming down to the wire, Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, they were in the mix. Tyler Naquin got reassigned to minor league camp. He didn't make it, so it's like, okay, only outfielders left in camp that are not guaranteed a spots. Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer. Brewers really only carrying two or three-ish true outfielders, depending on what you count Jesse Winker as and what you count Brian Anderson as. Um, I mean, Winker is not going to be playing much outfield. Uh, Brian Anderson is an infielder, but he's going to be playing a lot of outfield. So you'd figure they'd carry one more outfielder. No. No, they did not. Sal Freelich and Joey Weimer both did not make the team. Owen Miller and Bryce Terang did. They got the final two spots. And, Matt, there are some people who think that this is that this is reeking of service time manipulation. <laughs> Why ever would we think that? I don't know, Matt. Why why would we think that? Hmm. Uh it's a mystery. Because it's still what teams do. Like, yes, you have the rookie <laughs> of the year incentive, but like unless you've got a player who you are certain is going to play every day and have mm-hmm. the actual chance to be in the running for Rookie of the Year, you're still going to manipulate service time. Like, teams are still going to do that. It doesn't completely get rid of it. It gets rid of it for a few select players. I get it. Yeah. Um, there's it's probably, a start. Yeah, exactly. There's probably a lot of uh, um, incentive for the Yankees to keep uh, Volpe as their shortstop because he's going to be playing constantly and is good enough to be in that Rookie of the Year conversation. You know, Um with the Brewers, they move guys around a lot. Um, you know, they platoon guys, they play the matchups, things like that. Would Weimer or Freelich have played consistently enough to have been in the running for Rookie of the Year to make that a part of the equation in terms of carrying them? Apparently, the Brewers didn't think so. So you go back to the service time thing. And yeah, it's that unwritten thing that just happens. And I, I I said last week that one of my concerns, one of the reasons I thought one of them would end up making it is because, like you were just saying, like the Brewers essentially have two true outfielders now, depending on what you think think of Winker. The Brewers' own website lists Brian Anderson as an infielder, so, you know, yeah. take that. Eight infielders field. listed. Eight yeah. infielders. Yep. And uh, three outfielders. Now, you've got some of those guys who can play the outfield, but, like, what if Garrett Mitchell goes down? What if Garrett Mitchell needs – like, if he needs a day off, whatever, you can put a guy out there. Owen Miller can play center field. Bryce Train can play center field. But if Garrett Mitchell gets hurt, I don't know that it's you Sal want Freelich. to those two guys. Right, and he he he's had injuries since he's been yeah. in Oregon. Like, I don't know that you want either of those two guys being your fill-in. So mm-hmm. then maybe at that point you make the move to Weimer or Free, like, I, I guess I get it, but, like, I don't know. It's just that's one of the things that I'm a little hesitant about still is the fact that the true outfield group is so thin for the mm-hmm. Brewers now. Um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, 
the Brewers, they're, they're a team who, when it comes to, you know, positions, they definitely throw traditional rules out the window. So, you know, they must be comfortable with what they got. But I, I was surprised one of the two didn't make it. I will, I will definitely yeah. say that. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I, I think also it, Luke Voigt played a part in that as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, with his opt-out, if Luke Voigt did decide to leave, then yeah. I think it would have been much easier for them to carry one of those guys. Because the final spot came down to Owen Miller and Joey Weimer. And, you know, the, this, this was after Luke Voigt was already added to the roster. So if Voigt left... I, they would have had the flexibility to have both Miller and Weimer or Miller and Freelich. So they, they could have been able to do that. But also, according to what Craig Council said, is that the, the job there in right field that they're kind of looking for help with is more of a part-time role for mm-hmm. right now. You're going to be seeing a lot of Brian Anderson out there still. Tyrone Taylor apparently is doing well in his recovery from his elbow injury, so he may be back relatively soon. And they may have simply not wanted to start the service clock on those guys um, until then, or, or you know, and look at it and be like, okay, you're just in a part-time role. Why don't we just have you in AAA where you can play every single day, get the at-bats you need to get ready uh, for the big league level or or whatever, and go from there. So I don't know. I, I think they were more afraid that if they gave them that opening day job, you know, if, if they put them on the roster, by the time Tyrone Taylor gets back healthy, they wouldn't the, – the, those players would be playing so well, whether it's Weimer or Freelich, they'd be playing so well, you couldn't send them back down. And then then they're stuck. Right. Yeah, um, it, that's a good point, too, about Taylor. Like, I'm sure he factored into that equation. They – they, I'm sure, have more knowledge than we do um, about, you know, his progress and how close he is to coming back. Um, if they think that it's something they can just get by with until they have him. And when you have Taylor back, um, like, I know, I, I think the two of us, you know, it's safe to say that we thought there was a good chance that they that they might move on from him before the end of the season. Um they didn't. They might not have just had any takers. But defensively, he's an important guy for them to have back on that team because he can back up anything. You know, he's solid defensively at all three positions. Um, he solves that problem of not having a true outfielder, uh, another true outfielder on the roster because he he is a true outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they feel like it's not that long, once he's back, he'll be in the mix too. Then, yeah, I guess that explains it a little bit. Also, you can question the readiness, I think, of either of those two players in Weimer and Freelich. Weimer, been around a year longer, been around as long as Mitchell, um, but he did go through that, you know, pretty harsh slump last year. And maybe mm-hmm. they also want to see, you know, that he's not going to start this year the same way, even though he ended last year well with um Freelich, I think he has looked like he's been ready ever since he's come in the organization and you could argue that because of that he's ready when they say he is but he is young he was only drafted in 21 like that is he has not been here that long so I could see some hesitance based off of that too um but 
I feel like it's more the service clock. Like it's come on. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's it's definitely a consideration. You know, you you could have justifiable reasons, I guess, for for not including them. Plus, I mean, they are not on the forty man roster. Right. So to add them, they would have to remove somebody else mm-hmm. from the forty man. And I mean, they they very well could. Justin Wilson has not yet been placed on the sixty day IL. He's on oh. the fifteen day, but they have purposefully not put him on the six today yet until they need to. Mm-hmm. So if they like, if they really wanted to, they could have put Wilson on the 60 day and put Freelick or Weimer on the opening day roster. They, they could have if they wanted to, um, but they are saving that for later, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I mean, the Brewers showed it themselves. Like there's guys who, opt out right at the end of the spring. There's guys who get DFA'd. They go through waivers, all those different things. We know the Brewers love to work the waiver wire. So, you know, giving yourself that option to just see kind of what becomes available at the end of the spring and early part of the regular season, I totally understand, um, as opposed to wanting to just restrict yourself as like, nope, we're at 40, and, you know, it's kind of a tough decision at this point to decide now who to DFA. yeah, like I, I get going that route. Um, at some point, they will end up having to make that decision. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that they still have that in their back pocket, um, you know, is going to be helpful. So, yeah, I, I can understand going that route. But I think a lot of us were figuring, like, no, that's what's going to happen. You know, Weimer's going to make the team or Felix going to make the team. And they've got that Wilson spot. So there we go. That explains it. And they didn't end up going that route. So. Yeah, at least not yet. Maybe in a couple of weeks when they won't be able to accrue a full year of service, then they'll do it. Who Come knows? on down. <laughs> I've been yeah. watching some prices right lately. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I like it. Um, but yeah, and and I wrote about this too on, on reviewing the brew. Um, just not having them on the opening day roster, you know, that, that makes them ineligible for the prospect promotion incentive program. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Freely comes up in three weeks and he lights it up and he has a rookie of the year campaign, which is very possible, mm-hmm. it is very possible that he could do that. The Brewers will not get a compensatory draft pick. Nope. But because he ended up winning rookie of the year, or even if he finishes top two in rookie of the year, he will automatically get a full year of service. So keeping him down the extra three weeks did not get you an extra year of Sal Freelich under team control. He ends up getting the six year six years anyways, that's it, not seven. And you don't even get the draft pick for it. So I don't know. I mean, for me, I'd rather have him up there. I'd rather have him up here and mm-hmm. bet on Freelich doing well enough to, you know, be there on the rookie of the year balloting, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, same. I, I, I would have liked to see one of them just because it would have been fun. I would have liked to see one of them because it would have given them another outfielder on the roster. Like there were a lot of reasons why it made sense, mm-hmm. but having watched the Brewers over these last few years, I'm also not surprised that they didn't and have a roster full of guys who can play, multiple spots at the very least 
We do have Garrett Mitchell. We do have Bryce Terang. That was a pleasant surprise. I thought maybe he might get squeezed off the final opening day roster, and he didn't. Um, I calculated it earlier today. The opening day starting lineup had an average age of, it was like 26.8, which mm. that's a nice young average age. Yeah. You know, not necessarily relying on the like veterans. I think um, I'm pretty sure Yelch is the elder statesman today. That I think sounds he's, about right. If I remember um, correctly, he's 31, and that was the oldest of any yep. of them. Yep, he is the oldest at 31. You got a couple of 29 and Brian Anderson and Jesse Winker. Yep. Uh, Willie Damas, 27. Rowdy, 28. William Contreras, Luis Arias, 25. Yeah. Mitchell, 24. Terang, 23. Yeah. So that's a, that's something that I feel like we haven't gotten to see necessarily a whole lot of out of the Brewers. Um, not the oldest position like, player is Luke Voigt at 32. I didn't realize he was that old. Dang. Yeah. And the oldest one on the team is Matt Bush at 37. Oh, yeah. I I, I knew he was old. I guess I didn't realize he was that old. Dang. Number one overall pick in 2004. Yeah, that's true. Such a long, long time ago. Yep, he was drafted ahead of Justin Verlander. Yeah, that was a genius move by by the Padres. Not what move? The Padres drafted. Oh, they, they drafted Matt Bush ahead of Justin Verlander. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, how things could have gone. Yep. Padres could have been a lot better a lot sooner. Yeah. Well, they just started paying for everything all of a sudden, so they're yeah. just fine. I don't feel bad for them. No, I'm really not 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 anymore. Um. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was really the the big uh, roster battles uh, during camp, and it's a it's a fun group. And you know, Terang and Mitchell, I'm glad that they're both there. Um, I mean, they they got the great speed, but also they are not eligible for the prospects uh, promotion program because they are not consensus top 100 prospects. You also have to be in the top 100 right. two of the three of Baseball America, ESPN, and MLB Pipeline. Garrett Mitchell is not top 100 in any of them. And Bryce Trang is only top 100 in ESPNs. That's list. right. Yep. So the Brewers aren't even eligible for a draft pick for Trang making it. So that sucks. Mm. But, you know, that's just hey. kind of the way it goes for the Brewers. They start winning games after today, it won't matter, right? Exactly, exactly. Winning fixes everything. Isn't that right, Houston? Anyways, so, <laughs> so yeah, now you got the, the rest of the Cup Series coming up this weekend and then coming home to American Family Field. Uh, that is going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, the Mets come to town for that, and the Mets will be without, speaking of Justin Relander, the Mets will be without him as he has a low-grade Terra's major strain. Uh, so he is going to be out for a while. Uh, so the Brewers will avoid Justin Verlander on that homestand. And, uh, you know, I'm not too upset about that, but this also means Kate Upton will likely not travel to Milwaukee for that series. Sad. I'm sure she was looking forward to doing. 
Yes, yes, I'm sure she definitely was. The cold, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be 50 and rainy that day. This is why we have a roof. Yup. Put a roof on it. Hashtag put a roof on it. Hashtag put a roof on it. Rami Makhlouf. Ah, Rami. I wonder what he's up to now. He's in Sacramento. uh, Oh, wow. Doing radio there, yeah. Interesting. Anyways, uh... (laughs) So, back to the Milwaukee Brewers. We you, did we talk bold predictions last week? I don't no, think we did so. not. I had not made them yet. Let's let's throw that out there. Really. Let, let, yes, good idea. Let's dive into my bold predictions. What, what when you first read them, Matt? What did you think of my bold predictions? Were they bold? Were they uh, a little too bold? Were, were they not bold enough? I mean, they're. A little bit of both. I actually um, uh, agreed with one of your bold predictions and used that as my bold prediction uh, with the fellows up in Green Bay on the radio oh. today, and it was one that involved a certain first baseman. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I teased that last week. <laughs> I said... I remember saying, it's like, okay, so here's what I got for uh, my, my here, here's a tease for the Brewers' bold predictions. Rowdy Telez. And that's all I said. Yeah. That's all it was. Bold prediction number one, Rowdy Telez becomes a first-time all-star. I can see it, Matt. I can see it now. Yeah. there's I, He, with the shifts going away, with how he did last year, with, you know, he looked decent during the spring, with not really having a ton of, like, they're not trying to force-feed Keston Hira into that spot anymore, that first base spot. I think Luke Voigt will, more often than not, get, like, DH opportunities. He'll see mm-hmm. some time at first base, but he is not a good defensive first baseman. Like, you're not going to want to take Rowdy out. when you, Not that Rowdy's, like... Uh, Gold Glover, but he's right about average. Voight is far below average. So I, I think Rowdy is going to get tons of playing time this year to pile up stats. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to be an all-star if he looks basically like he did last year and you take the shift out of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. That's That's where I'm coming from, and you got the playing time. You got the power. I mean, 35 homers last year, and he, he's just—he looks so good, you know, at the plate. And he had a great World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. It's a loaded first base group of the National League. I mean, it's it's loaded. Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Pete Alonso, Matt Olson. That's going to be a tough group to crack. But Jesus Aguilar cracked it in 2018. Yeah. I mean, he came out of nowhere and became an all-star. So, you know, who's to say Rowdy can't do it? So, Absolutely. Yeah, so I am I am all in on the Rowdy Telez all-star uh, hype train. Moving on, bull prediction number two. Someone from the Brewers is winning NL Rookie of the Year. It's, it's one of them. Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, Freelich, Weimer, any one of them. Someone is going to catch fire. Someone is going to dominate, and someone is going to lead the way and win NL Rookie of the Year. 
there, there's too many. We got the whole video series, the freshmen. You know, we're hyping all these guys up. That this is the best group of hitting prospects we've had come through since the mid 2000s. But that core, like they're all here almost at once. You know, Mitchell Mitchell came up first. Now Terang's here. Soon enough, it'll be Freelich and Weimer. Soon enough after that, you'll have Jackson Churio, but that's going to be next year's Rookie of the Year. Right. So one of these guys is going to do it. I'm not going to be like, oh, it'll be Garrett Mitchell and, and watch it be Sal Freelich, or oh, it's going to be Bryce Terang and it ends up being Joey Weimer. Like, I, I'm not going to pick which one of them, but it's going to be one of them. I'm going to pick one of them, and I'm going to say it's Bryce Terang. Oh, okay. I think bold. I like. I think it. because second base, and it's funny because you know you could say the same thing about Garrett Mitchell, basically having a lock on center field. Second base doesn't have. There's a lot of guys in that mix. Bryce Terang, if he puts his best foot forward and produces, he could take reasonably take that job and say, mm-hmm. you know what, this is like. Take me out of the lineup. I dare you. Look at what I'm doing um, now that Colton Wong isn't there. So now he could, if he's average, it's going to end up being a bunch of guys in that mix for the position. Um, But it's up for grabs. So um, and also it's fun to pick someone. So I'm picking Bryce Trang. So there. There you go. Yeah. I I will say Garrett Mitchell is probably the best bet simply because. A, he's already on the roster, and B, his starting job is secure. Yeah. Owen Miller is not going to be competing for center field spot, you know, time with Garrett Mitchell. Bryce Trang isn't going to be pushing Garrett Mitchell for center field time. So as long as he's there, and as long, especially as long as Freelick is down in AAA, Mm -hmm. he is going to be playing every single day. So he's got, I think, probably the easiest path of the group right now, but... You know, plus also he did get the experience late last year, so that do, that also does help. Uh, and he still has his rookie eligibility, so that also plays a part. But yeah, that is I am going with one of that group. Uh, bold prediction number three: Jesse Winker ends up as the best offseason acquisition. Not William Contreras, not Wade Miley, but Jesse Winker. What do you think, Matt? I like it. I was talking him up quite a bit before the game today. Um, I think my pick for this one is Contreras. Um, But I think either one of them. But that's not bold, Matt. No, it's not. (laughs) Well, all right. Um, (laughs) I think Winker does have a great bounce back season. Like there's hitting in middle. I almost did it. American Family Field, um, being back in the NL Central, like being back out of Seattle, being healthy again. Um, the, he is everything is in line for him to bounce back very strongly. Um, so I think I think that's a great prediction. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Never had an OPS below 830 before last season in his career. Um, so, I mean, he. There's no way he's going to suck as bad as he did last year. No. Um, and if he goes back to anything resembling his career norms, uh, that's that's going to be a really great addition um, and potentially better than what Contreras will add. Yeah. Um, not 
to say that Contreras will be bad, but it just could be simply better. So that's that's what I'm going with there. Bold prediction number four, Gus Varland sticks around. This was before we knew he made the team, but also he becomes a trusted setup man out of the bullpen. He's starting right now in middle relief, low leverage situations, getting his feet wet. But I think as the course of the season will roll on, he's going to continue to pitch well and earn potentially some more middle leverage and higher leverage situations. And, you know, doing well there, you end up becoming a bigger setup man and you're in the trust of your manager, Craig Council. And, you know, by the end of the season, we could be seeing him as a as high leverage Gus. High leverage Gus. Um yeah, I, I totally agree with him sticking around all season. I think we both hyped him up quite a bit earlier. Um, but, yeah, setup man is a little bold. Um, I could see the Brewers kind of trying to protect him a little bit and try and put him in the easier situations. But At hey, least to start. It, to start. Yeah. But, yeah, if he, if he pitches his way into that role, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to deny it. Um that's that's a little spicy bold. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Strezelecki last year came up, you know, doing mostly oh, yeah. middle relief. And by the end of the year, I mean, he was working himself into high leverage situations. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Craig Council has shown he's willing to, to push those guys, maybe with little experience, into those situations if, if they handle spots well. And so far, Varland's been able to do just that. And now perhaps the spiciest. Mm-hmm. Of the bold predictions. The last one, because I always I always got to save the best for last. Jackson Churio makes his MLB debut late in the year and helps carry the Brewers into the playoffs. I can see it. I can see it now. Jackson Churio just continuing to dominate in the minor leagues. You know, eventually he's going to earn. He's probably going to start the year at double A Biloxi. Continues to dominate there. At some point midseason, he's going to get promoted to AAA. And as soon as he gets to AAA, it's it's 100% Churio watch in Milwaukee. Everyone's going to be watching every single game, seeing what he does. I mean, like, how soon until we can call this guy up? Why not just call him up now? Call him up. Call him up. Call him up. You can see everyone pounding the table. I, I can feel it already. I can see Brewers Twitter just going nuts like they always do. Yeah. And you get to September, rosters expand, you get one extra position player. Perhaps you get the best prospect in baseball up on your team. We know by, by the time September comes around, the Brewers are not going to either A, be completely out of a playoff spot, or B, be completely locked into a, a playoff spot. They're going to be in a battle. Mm-hmm. come September. It's going to be close. Either way, whether they're ahead or, or they're behind, it's going to be close, and they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs come September. And they may need a little spark. So, let's see, you got Jackson Churio lighting up double-A, lighting up triple-A once he gets there, because he probably will do that too. Team needs a little spark. You have three true outfielders on it. Maybe call up Jackson Churio. And then Churio comes up and does what he does best. Hit. And playoffs, here we come. And then once you get into the playoffs, well, anything can happen when you get 
a bite at the apple. Right, man? Oh, God. <laughs> we just, did you just have that loaded the whole time and you're just waiting to end with that? No, I just thought of it there in the in the moment. But. Uh, um, I was, there I was mean, that little pause there when I'm just like, should I say it? And you're like, yep, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Full time, be um, bold. It's certainly bold. Um, as good as he has looked, like, and he has looked fantastic. And everyone who is, you know, rating prospects has him up there like they know how special this kid is still that would be insane to make his major league debut as a 19 year old not that it can't happen like he's all he's done is just show that he can just hit and hit and hit and compete and do everything perfectly but basically with the exception of double a at the end of last year where he flamed out a little bit but hey First year in pro ball, I'd have been tired, too, after all of that. Considering he's the age of a high school senior at that point. exactly. Uh, Now he's, you know, had the offseason to reset himself, time to get back in and battle. He'll 100% be at AAA at some point. Like, the question is when, and does he get enough of that experience in by the time the Brewers are at that September time or whatever when they potentially, you know, need that little backup? Ah, man, that would be something. Last year, the Brewers promoted Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, and Sal Freelich all to AAA at the beginning of August. And Garrett Mitchell was called up like three weeks later Mm -hmm. from AAA. So it's possible. It Mm -hmm. it could certainly happen. Craig Council was saying at the winter meetings that we could potentially see Churio this year at the big league level just with how good he's been. Yeah. Council saying it's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I could see it happening. You know, we also were just talking earlier in this podcast about service time manipulation. The Brewers were potentially may or may not be doing with Sal Freelich and Joey Weimer. Um, so, you know, being that aggressive with the promotion of Jackson Churio doesn't exactly fall in line with the service time manipulation idea with this team, but when it gets down to it there at, at the end of the season, like, you know, what if someone gets hurt and they have an opening in the outfield right around that time? Yeah. Like, I mean, Garrett Mitchell got called up because Jonathan Davis got hurt. So yeah, true. Once Jonathan Davis got hurt, it's like, okay, we need to call up someone and, and Mitchell it is. So if someone gets hurt, Churio's probably going to be the guy. Yeah. But that service time manipulation variable being thrown into there just makes that uh prediction that much bolder exactly so we shall see what will happen as the season unfolds we are just one game in to 162 uh that'll do it for us uh, be sure to stay tuned um, as the season continues to unfold, and now we have actual baseball to talk about. We'll, we'll be able to talk about actual games, which is going to be great. So super excited for that. Uh, be sure to check out ReviewingTheBrew.com for all of our latest articles as well. Thank you for listening. For Matt Carroll, I'm Dave Gasper. We'll see you next time for another, for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.